Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Rita, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On this segment, we have a news and notes episode for everyone and week four power rankings heading into the international break. But before we get into everything, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok and an Instagram now, so follow us across all three platforms at Attacking Third for highlights, cool graphics, breaking news, and so much more. You can also catch us on video at youtube.com slash attacking third. I can't believe we're at the halfway mark already, Lisa. We got to talk about I, it. How are you? How are you I doing know. today? It feels like we just started Challenge Cup and teams are already replaying each other, um, double matches happening. It's good, but there's a lot of movement because of this. From game one to game four, we saw different teams on the pitch, frankly. We saw different looks and and more cohesiveness. Um, so I'm really excited to chat with you about that. Otherwise, I'm good, you know, um, just heading into this FIFA window. It's a different vibe. It's almost like I get a little bit of a breath. And then yeah. we don't because there's still CONCACAF and FIFA yeah. windows and exactly. everything else happening. But um, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm doing good. I always love this moment where there's like a little bit of time to settle kind of post games that we just saw and then get a chance to sort of look ahead a little bit. And, and you mentioned it's, it's, it's the break. Uh, there's an international window going on. So it's almost like. No, Challenge Cup is taking a step back for a second, but that doesn't mean that there's any less soccer. And we're going to talk about that a little bit as we start getting into the news and notes portion of our episode here. Let's start with CONCACAF, actually. CONCACAF W qualifiers is back. The qualifying matches uh, took place initially kicking off in February. And the uh, second round of this preliminary competition is going to be taking place this week. So matches are going to be running all the way starting on Wednesday, April the 6th, all the way through to Tuesday, April the 12th. A total of six teams coming out of six groups will advance to the final tournament, the CONCACAF W Championship, which will be taking place in July. They're going to be joining Canada and the United States. So the winners of each of these six groups coming out of this week will join the United States and Canada this summer uh, to figure out who is going to be qualifying for the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. So the qualifier is still going on. Excited to watch those. And you know what you can do, everybody. You can actually watch all of these games on Paramount+. Plus. If you missed the February fixtures, you can go on back and watch them. Find out what you missed. If there's a team that you're or a nation that you're you're looking out for, you can go back, check those games specifically. And the games that are going to be taking place this week will also be on Paramount Plus as well. So of course I'm gonna also, be looking at the groups. Uh who are you gonna be looking at, Lisa? 
I'm definitely looking at these groups. Also, if you want to watch on Paramount Plus, you can rewatch on Paramount Plus. You can catch extended highlights on Attacking Third YouTube page. We got them all there uh, because we have all of those rights and they're extended highlights, which makes it that much sweeter. We don't ruin the scoreline in our title or our thumbnail graphic. That's something right. I'm, I'm really passionate about. I don't yeah. like to watch highlights and already know what's about to happen. Um, but I am excited for these. It's crazy to think that world cup qualifiers are happening essentially this is the first stage of them right so this is where we get the first taste of what is to come in 2023 for the world cup and on the men's side of things they that all just happened the draw just happened last week it was very exciting and I, i loved it and i was cheering for usa men's um but now we get into the Concacaf women's side and that's i'm more invested let's be honest i love this format you know it's a little bit of a newer format for concacaf and it was something that was launched uh, because there was a greater need quite frankly to expand the competition throughout the region and uh we're starting to see maybe some of the teams within these six groups shake out a little bit. And I really do think in this week coming up, like, yes, of course, Sandra, there's going to be the, you know, decision that's going to be made, you know, that's going to be all the teams and and we're going to find out who the six are based on this week because it's the final week of matches. But I love that there's a little bit of competition within these groups because as we're looking at these six groups, there's a, a number of teams who are kind of level on point. Like I'm looking at Mexico, Puerto Rico, and they're kind of level on, on points. Although Mexico has uh, got the, the tiebreaker on, on goal differential. So if you're looking at other gro- groups as well, there's some similar scenarios there with it's kind of two teams kind of running away with the points within each group. So come April 12th, we're going to mm-hmm. see some interesting head-to-heads that will take place uh, that might determine who is going to take the group moving forward. So I want to encourage everyone to go ahead and take a look at those because you're getting an early look at the competition that, uh, you know, the Canadian national team and the U.S. national team will be facing off against this July. But we're going to stay with CONCACAF for a little bit before we transition into NWSL. Some fun news coming out of CONCACAF as well. They announced the 2021 Women's Player of the Year, and that honor went to Portland Thorns and United States Women's Midfielder, Crystal Dunn. A huge, huge award for Crystal Dunn. 2021 CONCACAF Women's Player of the Year. Um, This system that the winners are chosen, it's through a new voting system that they have for CONCACAF's 41 member associations, as well as media and fans. So it allows all of them to vote. And they honored Crystal Dunn with this. I mean, a huge accomplishment for her. She's not even playing right now for Portland Thorns or for the United States. She is pregnant, expecting... Uh, her first baby with her husband, which is very exciting. But this honor is huge. And on Portland Thorns social media, they posted some pictures of how they gave Crystal done this award. They was after training. Um, she was there despite not competing on the pitch. She still shows up and she's very involved in the club. And they handed her the award and just pure joy, shock, excitement, on Crystal Dunn's face. And I loved these pictures. I loved looking at them because it was such a fun way to see her be celebrated by her teammates that are the people that got to vote on some of these awards and, and the coaches that are around her. Um, and then being honored by this, it's it's huge for Crystal Dunn. She's been with the national team since 2014. She won 
bronze in Tokyo last summer. She played all six games. She's a player for the United States that plays in the back line and plays 90 minutes every single game. And she's really just such a, a rock for this United States women's national team. I am so happy that she got this honor. Crystal Dunn is one of my favorite players. I, I have her jersey. I just love that she got this. It's so, so well-deserved. Yeah, same here. I loved watching it happen. If you had, if you missed that on the, on the video, it was a, a nice little treat from Portland Thorns socials. They went ahead and they uh, presented that to her. So go ahead and check out, check out the video if you haven't seen it yet. But congrats to Crystal Dunn on 2021 CONCACAF Women's Player of the Year Award. Let's uh, keep it with NWSL. We're talking about a little bit Thorns already. We're going to talk about some news and notes happening across the league. Unfortunately, that's also going to include a little bit of injury updates as well. Let's start with Orlando Pride. Goalkeeper Aaron McLeod, the franchise recently announced that she uh, undergone a successful arthroscopic procedure on her right knee. And because of that, she is due to miss four to six weeks with Orlando Pride. Now, Lisa, we've been chatting a little bit or about Orlando Pride uh, in light of the Challenge Cup and how they are performing uh, to start their 2022. Uh, they recently bid farewell to, to Martha due to uh, an ACL injury. So that's a season-ending injury for her. And then in this last week of matches, we saw that they were without Cindy LaRue, who was listed as questionable, but apparently has a little bit of a right knee issue at the moment. And now making this announcement about Aaron McLeod, let's talk a little bit about what this loss could mean for, for Orlando Pride moving forward. This is a really big loss, losing Aaron McLeod, who... Uh, in the offseason, Orlando Pride lost Ashlyn Harris in goal. And Aaron McLeod was the number two behind Ashlyn Harris, which is crazy to think about because Aaron McLeod is a number one starting goalkeeper caliber. And she wasn't uh, given that role in 2021. So she earns the starting role in 2022. She plays two games for Orlando Pride and has two really, really good games. Unfortunately, suffering this injury, uh, now she's out for four to six weeks. So the, the fallback or next up in line to step up for Orlando Pride is Anna Morehouse, who is a goalkeeper. They acquired her early, um, right before preseason started on February 1st from the French side. She has come over over and she got two games already under her belt with Orlando pride. She got two starts in their last two games. She had 10 saves, no clean sheets, two goals against, um, or excuse me, five goals against in those two matches that happened. So a little bit of a shell shock, honestly, for Anna Morehouse who gets traded to Orlando pride. And, and I'm sure they had communication with her saying, you are going to be behind Aaron McLeod, who is our number one, our starting goalkeeper. We want to get you minutes, though, because that's what it is really all about. And now Anna Morehouse is the number one keeper for Orlando Pride. So this changes so much defensively because you can't rely on a goalkeeper like McLeod to be in the box uh controlling the box defensively and then also kickstarting your attack with quick transition plays and, and playing with her feet. So it's just another, honestly, knock towards Orlando pride. First Marta, then Sydney LaRue out uh, questionably for a little bit. Um, and now Aaron McLeod, it's pretty devastating to see these injuries yeah. that continue to keep coming. Yeah. I think you're looking at this as an Orlando pride fan or your supporter and you're, Looking at that and wondering, is it going to get worse before it gets better kind of thing? It's still very early in the year in terms of NWSL competition 
for our Orlando Pride. But, you know, we were talking on our previous episode in terms of doing a recap. And, and I said that when you look at this Orlando Pride roster, there's about three to four players that you look at as essentials, right? And if mm-hmm. something happens with these essentials, that it's going to be a long season for this club. And we're starting to see that happen. And Aaron McLeod uh, included her in this, in, in the mix of these three to four players. And now I'm looking at a player like Gunny John's daughter, that this is the player that they're likely going to rely on in terms terms of that essential experience moving forward. So hopefully uh, in terms of the four to six week ratio, we'll see how, how McLeod does and uh, maybe she'll be making her way back onto the pitch sooner rather than later. But that's uh, another low for, for Orlando pride as they continue to navigate 2022. Let's talk a little bit about maybe some player signings, right? International break uh, opportunity for some players to get announced for various clubs. Houston dash announced, that they signed Natalie Jacobs as a national team replacement player. Uh, Chicago Red Stars announcing defender Amanda Kowalski. And this couple of uh, players here coming in with the timing of these announcements, right? We were looking at this international window and saying, okay, you're going to be without certain players. So one is a national team replacement player. But with Kowalski, this is a multi-year deal. So when you're looking at these two, how are how are you weighing them in terms of what their impact is going to be on, on the respective rosters, Lisa? This is a trick question because this signing for Chicago Red Stars, signing Amanda <laughs> Kowalski, was just announced and she played 90 like minutes <laughs> last weekend. So she's going to be a bigger impact. She already got a start and played 90 minutes in the back line for a Chicago win nonetheless. So a clean sheet for Kowalski in the back line. Um, This this player has already played. So in, in looking at Natalie Jacobs for Houston and then Amanda Kowalski for Chicago, I think that Chicago is going to use Kowalski a little bit more than Jacobs, but it's also a lot of other factors happening at Chicago, uh, losing a lot of their backs happening uh, there with Kayla Sharples, not being available last weekend, Tierna Davidson being out for the rest of the season. They need depth at the defensive position and playing in the challenge cup. That's a great chance for Chris Petroselli to use that depth so the I'm actually interested. I haven't had a chance to talk to Chris Petroselli or Amanda Kowalski about this. Um, if she had a few days of training before <laughs> this was signed, I'm sure she did. I'm yeah. sure she was in training and was doing really, really well. So Petroselli was like, okay, we're going to give you the start and we'll see how you do. And just ends up playing the full match, which is great. I actually think she did a really nice job alongside um, Malazzo and Morse in the back line. But um, yeah, keep an eye out for Amanda Kowalski. She's on the team for a few years now. <laughs> yes, I signed that deal, right? Chris Petroselli did mention in, in, in post game that this was a player that had spent some time with the team uh, during preseason. And, and because of there that, you go. sort of having that familiarity that it just sort of made sense, I guess, a little bit to, to make sure that this was the player that they committed themselves to, essentially, in light of losing a player like Tiernet Davidson. When we're looking ahead to other teams making some signings as well, we got to look at Racing Louisville. We're going to look at Gotham FC. For Racing Louisville, they recently uh, signed a, mid- a midfielder to their roster in Alex Shidiak, uh, recently called up to for the Australian national team, signed as a free transfer for the 2022 season. So it looks like there's a season and an option 
I guess one of these things where they're going to see how it goes. I like this signing. Mm-hmm. For people who are unfamiliar, this is a player who has been playing in uh, W League for quite some time, uh, has also spent some time in Europe with uh, the Spanish sides, I believe, in Atletico Madrid as well. Uh, and this is a player who has uh, been in the mix pretty consistently for the Australian national team as well. When we're looking at racing Louisville, looks like they're still trying to find some answers in their midfield, and they're hoping that maybe they found out with this player. I think that's exactly what Racing Louisville is looking for in signing a player like this that has international experience with different leagues and and with the Australian national team. Um, but I like that we're getting these a slew of signings in the middle of Challenge Cup. These have happened over the last five, six days or so, and, and we're just getting a chance to catch up on all of them on this News and Notes episode. But um, New, Jer- New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC also signing defender Kellyanne Livingstone to a one-year contract. This happened about four or five days ago, just at the end of last week. Um, but this is a team in New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC that after seeing the roster for the national team uh, that Black Wendonofsky called up and seeing a number of defenders and Amani Dorsey being called into that group, realizing we need to have a little bit more depth here with CONCACAFW championships coming up and not really knowing how our the depth at the defensive role is going to look moving forward, especially if they continue to put Dami Richardson in the midfield, they're going to need more depth in the back line. So that's where uh, signing Livingstone comes in uh, product out of Georgetown. Um, so this is good. I love it. I'm, I like that the yeah. announcements are being made. I know we're talking a little bit and having some uh, some jokes a little bit in terms of the announcement of some of these signings, specifically the Red Stars making this announcement after this this player uh, in Kowalski got a start <laughs> with this team. Uh, just sort of makes you wonder how the the, the protocol things uh, were working out there. But uh, I'm I'm always here well, to to see when the team is making these announcements or or when they're making these additions more specifically to their rosters to sort of flesh things out and kind of see what these players can bring to the mix and how often they're going to see time on the pitch, quite frankly. And uh, I'm sure once Challenge Cup gets rolling again, we'll find out sooner rather than later. Uh, Before we close out for a break, I just want to announce and shout out the photographers of the world, NWSL, announcing that they have a multi-year agreement with Imogen Photography to be the worldwide official photography partner of NWSL. So hopefully we're going to start getting some cool action shots, you know? Yeah. of the league and uh, take a look at players doing their thing on the pitch, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come on back, we are going to chat a little bit about NWSL challenge cup standings. And we're going to talk a little bit about my favorite thing, power rankings. Stay tuned. NWSL challenge cup standings. I love that we're at the halfway mark already, Lisa, and we get to talk about how, Pretty even things are, quite frankly, uh, as we look ahead. Let's take a look at the East. North Carolina Courage are on top of the group with eight points, followed by Washington Spirit with six points. New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC hanging in there with five points. And Orlando Pride at the bottom of the table for the East with one point. In the central region, Chicago Red Stars are on top with seven points. Casey Current level with them on points in number two with seven points. Racing Louisville with number uh, ranking number three with five points and Houston dash uh, at the bottom of the central table with three points. And in the West all rain on top with seven points, Portland thorns just behind them with seven points as well. San Diego wave FC third place in the group with four points and angel city FC with one point at the bottom 
of the table here. There's a couple groups here, Lisa, tied on points, level on points. Let's talk a little bit about maybe the tiebreakers here, what's coming into play. Why is, you know, why, why is the rain uh, over the thorns that they're level on points right now? Yeah, there's a lot of different factors that come into this. And it's super important to note that heading into the semifinals for the Challenge Cup, it's the top team in each group and then the number two overall team. So even if you're not the head of your group, you can still make it into semifinals if you have as many points or the most points as the group. So looking at it right now, in second place terms, it's Portland Thorns and Casey Current that are tied for that yeah. second place ranking right now, which is super important to look at. Because even if you're not number one, which I think when we look at Group B, it's going to be really tricky for OL Rain and Portland Thorns to continue to battle out uh, considering the rest of the matches that they have left. So even if they continue to get good goals against average and and yellow card points come into play for, throughout the Challenge Cup as well. If you get one yellow card, it's one point against you. If you get a red card, it's three points against you. There's a certain status that these teams and these clubs are all taking into consideration for these standings. But I think it's a little surprising when we look back at our initial power rankings of this Challenge Cup to see North Carolina Courage outplaying every single team across all three groups with eight points in the standings right now. And then a number of teams tied at seven points with Chicago, Casey current, all rain and Portland thorns. So it's pretty interesting to see uh, where these sides are all coming into play. And now the competition that they have ahead of them that they have to play, because that's what you've got to look at now at this halfway point in the season who is going to be playing those next games. And I think Kansas city is a team that could be that dark horse making that run into the semifinal as they continue to play. They have a match against Houston dash and then Chicago red stars uh, to close out their challenge cup play, which that's, it's going to be a really tall task for yeah. Kansas city. But I think that that's a team to keep an eye on for sure. As well as honestly, every team in the West division. Yeah, Honestly. it's uh, <laughs> I don't know if people anticipated that Challenge Cup was going to be this close when it came to determining the semifinalist or a fourth semifinalist when it came to that second highest second mm -hmm. place seeded team. But it looks like that's what it's going to come down to. And we're noticing, uh, you know, when we did our preview, of course, of Challenge Cup, we talked about tiebreakers and things like that. It's going to be a little different in terms of how that's going to shake out. It's not necessarily going to be head to head. They're going to be looking at goal differential, uh, then goals uh, for or and or against. So looking and bringing up Casey Current and then looking at a team like Portland Thorns and kind of the groups a little bit and how they, you know, we're looking at a team like like Louisville, a team like the Dash, a team like the Wave, a team like Angel City. And these are teams that have given up some some goals uh, to their opposition. So things like goal differential are things that people are probably going to be keeping a close eye on uh, and, uh, alongside the points that some of these teams pick up. But I love that the things are still pretty even at the half week mark of Challenge Cup. I hope that's just a taste of what we're going to get for the regular season. 
happen. But uh, interesting week of matches. We had some midweek action and then rolling into weekend action on Saturday and Sunday. You can catch our recap of those games on our YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts. But uh, we have to take a look at some power rankings after some of these results. Uh, we love to do power rankings. We also love the plug. We also love to, to pull the plug here on attacking third. So if you're looking for power rankings, just know that you can find them at cbsports.com. This one was tough for me to go through because we had a lot of teams uh, come out with results. We had a lot of teams scoring goals. We had a lot of teams even, even in getting maybe like a draw or getting like a loss, had some very interesting things in between the lines to take into consideration. That's a fun thing about power rankings, right? They're all they're all opinion based. It's all they're all I feel statements. So let's take a look at these. I'm going to share them with you all here. And if you want to read them, you can go to CBSSports.com. And number one, got OL Rain. Number two, Washington Spirit. Number three, North Carolina Courage. Number four, Chicago Red Stars. Number five, Kansas City Current. Number six, Portland Thorns FC. Number seven, San Diego Wave FC. Number eight, New Jersey, New York Gotham FC. Number nine, Racing Louisville FC. Number 10, Houston Dash. Number 11, Orlando Pride. And number 12, Angel City. Lisa, it was tough for me to do these because, quite frankly, I think you could take a team and make an argument mm-hmm. and a case for them and shift things around a little bit. I, You totally can. And as we mentioned, these are a little bit opinion-based on, on how you're going to do them. So now is the fun part for me. I get to argue some of your points and see what kind of points I could make. So I love that you have OL Reign ranked number one in these standings. It is very, very well-deserved to see that team at number one. Seven points only in the standings um, based on Group B. And in that West region, they are leading that region. But this is a team that is very consistent on the pitch. And I think the consistency goes into these power rankings, at least for me. Um, Next, you have Washington Spirit and then number three, North Carolina Courage. I would flip these two. I would keep North Carolina at number two, just based on the fact that Washington Spirit only got their first win this past weekend against Orlando Pride. Otherwise, they've had draws across the board. Um, And North Carolina Courage, this is a team that's, also continue to maintain. They haven't lost yet. They're still unbeaten in this Challenge Cup. Um, There are other teams that are catching up to them in Washington Spirit, I think is one of them. But for now, I would keep North Carolina at number two and Washington Spirit at number three. These two teams, Washington and North Carolina, they play again on April 23rd. So we will talk about those teams as they get closer. But that's one that I have circled on my match match day. Yeah, absolutely. I want to no, see what that hundred is going to bring. Those two teams were ones that I kind of like flip flopped a little bit too. And I wasn't too sure how I was going to rank them. So I'm absolutely open to your argument and that you would place the courage at number two spirit at number three. But I'm also just kind of looking at recent form. I'm a little bit disappointed in seeing the courage kind of have these kind of mm-hmm. two consecutive performances and they were strong performances Ones that they're going to look back and say, these could have been wins and they should have been wins, maybe depending on the type of player that you're looking at. And they let these results go from potential three point victories to one point draws. And that is what did it for me. I, I was just like, you know what? Watching the spirit 
was one of those teams that gave the courage a draw and they came from behind to level things out and sort of steal that victory away from the courage. And then to to sort of see this uh, progression of the spirit and their attack, uh, watching their forwards uh, get on the scoreboard a little bit more. That's why I ultimately went with spirit number two and courage number three. But those two teams were pretty hard for me to rank in terms of one through three. What else are you seeing here? I think that's a good point. I mean, the fact that North Carolina lost two leads in a row, but they did hold on to a tie. All right, moving on. We've talked about that one. Next, you have Chicago Red Stars, number four, Kansas City, five, and Portland, six, and then San Diego, seven. These four that you have, Chicago, Kansas City, Portland, San Diego, these are tricky for me to do. So I understand why you placed them where you did, uh, four through seven in that standings. I think Portland should be higher. Um, and I also think that Kansas city could be lower a little bit. I would almost put Portland at number four, Chicago at number five, San Diego at six and Kansas city at seven. That's how I would switch this around a little bit because with Portland thorns, when you look at the form that this team is in, they're coming off uh, a loss to OL rain, which does knock them a little bit, but that three nil win over angel city, that was a very commanding win that they had. And um, I'm taking into account those Wednesday matches that these teams played just a week ago. Uh, Because of that, I would push Portland a little higher. Then when you look at a team like Kansas City, who is, is, okay, their their latest competition in Racing Louisville, you have ranked at number nine. I think that's a fine placement for Racing Louisville. However, Kansas City just lost 3-0 to Racing Louisville. So I think putting them at five that you have in their rankings is a little too generous for me. That's why I would just drop them. Because when you go up against a team that is at the bottom of the table, doesn't have a lot of points, and they not only get three goals against you, one of them is an own goal. I will add that factor in there. But also a clean sheet that just knocks down points in my mind as well. I think Chicago is still doing a really nice job. I mean, coming off of a 2-0 win is a huge, huge thing for Chicago. And I think maybe I'm just biased because these are, I feel, opinions. I want San Diego to be right a little bit higher. So I move them up a little bit. Then the commanding win that they had scoring four goals over Angel City. Yeah. Yes, they conceded two, one of them being an own goal. It does knock them down another point or two. But I think that the offensive power that we saw from San Diego in getting four goals, a brace from Alex Morgan, this is the team that we are going to see have more consistency moving forward for San Diego Wave. So I bumped them up to number six in these standings. But um, that yeah. does, the four were tricky for me. I had to like yeah. move around, write them out on my piece of paper, look at some different yeah, yeah. points I had for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I think that middle part of the table, right, I think is always going to be tricky when it comes to, to power rankings because you can maybe shift some of these teams who walked away with wins, draws or losses in, in any kind of way. I'm also looking at you mentioned how we're like taking the last couple of games in consideration, the midweek and the weekend matches. But I have to say that I think I'm pretty comfortable with my San Diego Wave FC standing. I mean, I bumped them up a little bit out of the lower bottom of the half from eight to number seven. I'm also looking 
looking at the fact that they had a loss, you know, as well. And, but they also got that win against an angel city side that is struggling right now. So maybe there's more of a case there to bump up, uh, you know, a team or bump down a team like the current based on their performance that they had against, uh, against racing. But I, I was looking also at the performance that they had against Houston and tried to keep them in that top six in a certain kind of way. I think San Diego, I think I need to see a little bit more before I start seeing them hit that top six. I mean, when we're looking at the bottom half of this, when we're looking at 9, 10, 11, 12, you said Racing Louisville, you're fine with with that staying there. I am too. People might not realize this, but Racing Louisville prior to this power ranking was much, much lower and their win bumped them up three more uh, slots. And in terms of 10, 11, and 12, I had Dash, Pride, and Angel City. Are you comfortable with those final three or are you shifting anyone else uh, around there, Lisa? When we do these power rankings, I feel like number one is always pretty easy to to nail down. Number yeah. two, pretty easy to nail down. It's pretty easy to nail down who is going to be in that middle chunk. Um, but actually the placement of them, that's where we get into the tunes really looking at specific. So racing Louisville at number nine, I agree with that. They they got a big win over Kansas City. So that does bump them up. But there's a lot of inconsistencies with this team. So that's why they're not cracking into that top seven, top six yet. Um, also, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC being at eight. I agree with that one as well. Yeah. With Houston, Orlando and Angel City as the bottom three, 10, 11, and 12. I like this. I like how this shook out. Angel City, I think, deserves to be at the bottom of the table right now just based on their showing. Yes, they did get two goals against San Diego, so they found the back of the net. I think we give them an extra point. Yes, one was an own goal. And we gave, I just want to give Kristen Press an extra point because she's been trying so hard. She finally scored. However, yeah. that still puts them at the bottom of the table for me. And I agree. I think Houston is just a notch above Orlando right now. There's a lot of inconsistencies at Houston. Yeah. I think that as we enter this halfway point of the Challenge Cup, that the second half is going to be very telling of what we're going to see from these teams in the regular season. So Houston is coming off of back-to-back losses, 3-0 to Kansas City on Wednesday, and then 2-0 to Chicago this past weekend. They have Houston, or they have Kansas City again, and then they play Racing Louisville. Um, yeah. Against Kansas City, this is going to be a tough side for Houston to break down, and also Racing Louisville. This, this middle region is really clunky it's it's honestly very clunky there's a lot of ups and downs in it but i i keep houston at 10 orlando at or 11 and angel city at 12 i agree with your bottom half of the table for sure yeah, I think in terms of teams that took like the biggest uh, tumble, I think in the power rankings that I put up this week, it, it was the dash, right? They they had this very impressive uh, come from behind win over racing and then suffer two consecutive losses. And it was really what was going on between the lines there where it was just there weren't a lot of answers. I mean, we're looking at a team like Kansas City Current, you know, losing uh, a player like Lynn Williams uh, and having a minutes restriction with Sam Mewis, but trying to make adjustments and Mm -hmm. trying to do some different things tactically in order to ensure that they could try to get results. It did not clearly work out against racing Louisville, but their two prior games before did. And with Houston and their most more recent performances, just 
lack of answers, quite frankly. And we're starting to see, um, you know, parts of the pitch where uh, they're kind of needing to bulk up a little bit, you know, and having uh, I'm looking at this club specifically from them was we're watching different teams make announcement for for players and how this Houston Dash side is going to look at that. They tried to move Sophie Smith back into the midfield uh, and there's still not a lot of answers on the back line at this moment right now. This is a team that's conceded multiple goals over the last two matches. So I they took the biggest uh, tumble in this one in terms of rotating teams around. And uh, my, some folks might be unhappy with a team like Gotham in, in this lower half of the table. So, but this was a team that was ranked even lower at number 10 before they were ranked at, at number eight. And uh, I'm, even though they had a win, come from behind when we're talking about two matches where it's taking over 80 minutes for their attack to get on the board in some capacity. And I think that there's a lot, there's a lot more there for this Gotham side. I think a lot of people were looking at that roster and expecting the attack to be a, a lot more fluid, a little bit more dynamic in terms of posting up goals, maybe to make a run at being one of the more entertaining uh, attacks in the league alongside a team like Washington spirit. And uh, we're just not quite seeing it yet, but we're only at the halfway part of challenge cup. And that's part of the fun in doing these power rankings where we can go through them week to week. Uh, but I don't know. I think this week we agree a little bit more than, than we no. actually uh, disagree, but that's the fun thing about the power rankings. And we'll have more for folks as challenge cup returns and uh, make sure you watch all of the action on Paramount Plus after the international break. Once it comes on back in the meantime, make sure to watch CONCACAF W qualifier action on Paramount Plus while Challenge Cup is taking a break. Everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to Attacking Third. You can follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok and Instagram at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on Friday with so much more. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.